Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and friends beyond the binary, it's time for the podcast. Uh, you know, the, the, I want to give you, it's time for the podcast patrons. That's a sampler of uh, pointless meanders, lulls, and dolls. Uh, and you enable me, you, you make this Whitman sampler or whatever possible. You t- I take the wit out of Whitman in this sampler. Uh, with your help, it's time for Sleep With Me, patrons. Uh, the podcast you made possible. And let's get on with the show. Uh, hey, are you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep? Well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. We do it a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights, and press play. What I'm going to do is I'm going to... Um, what I'm going to do is uh, I'm going to create a safe place. Like I got it, I'm smoothing, I'm patting it, I'm rubbing it down. I'm clearing it out, I'm cleaning it up. Uh, it pol- holy cow, polished and waxed. Uh, but plenty of traction. Don't worry, everything's polished and waxed. But it's also matte, polished and waxed in a matte way. Uh, then what I'll do is I'll say, you know, I'll try to invite you in and make it feel welcoming or send it to you. And one of the ways I send it to you is by sending my voice across the deep, dark night. I'm going to use uh, lulling, soothing, creaky dulcet tones, pointless meanders, superfluous tangents. So I got creaky dulcet tones. That's like creaky like a door. Dulcet's kind of not, you say, in my case, it's like, yeah, it's not bad. Dulcet, I guess you could say that. Uh, creaky dulcet tones, pointless meanders, superfluous tangents. I already have a couple superfluous tangents because when I started the show, I was thinking that, uh, like, I said, trouble, I thought I said trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep, but I think I said tribble. And then I realized this will be a TNG episode, which I don't know if there's ever been a TNG episode with Tribbles, but there was a Star Trek, original Star Trek, one of the more famous ones that even non-Star Trek people know about are the Tribbles. And I'm pretty sure the title of that episode was Trouble with Tribbles, which is funny to say. It feels good to say. Go ahead, Trouble with Tribbles. Uh, I do trouble with tribbles. Uh, I dribble when I say trouble with tribbles. I actually don't. Uh, uh, so please don't quibble. Uh, and, and tribbles, please don't nibble. Uh, if it, if I couldn't laugh and I couldn't giggle, I would get tribble, gibble. Anyway, so uh, I'll, I'll go off. I'll talk more about tribbles maybe in a minute. Tribbles getting to sleep. That's a That's a peaceful image. I mean, if it weren't for their multiplication, a triple-based bed, a tri- tri- TBB. Did it, was there ever like a, a like a Star Trek, maybe a fan fiction, where someone said, uh, "Okay, we've found a way to uh, control triple, whatever they call it, triple offspringing, procreate." I don't know if they're procreating or they're just you know uh, whatever they call that, like dividing. Uh, so I probably shouldn't, but uh, so what if you had a TBB, a triple based bed made up of sleeping tribbles uh, somehow, you know, totally uh, like 100% we keep the tribbles care in mind within the invention because it is imaginary at this point, only a prototype, a fictional prototype right now. And, but it's a triple based bed, like kind of like those air beds where you say, well, I need, I need some more tribbles. So, So you hit a button. 
and the triples multiply or subdivide, whatever they're doing. You say, oh, that's a little bit more tribbly. And you say, is tribbly firm or soft? You say, well, you have to try it for yourself. You say, well, that's a little bit too much tribble for me, too much tribble for my taste. And you say, okay, just hit that other button. And they say, well, what happens when you hit that button? You say, well, there's less tribbles in your bed. And you say, well, uh, well yeah, how is that possible? You say, oh, well, it's, uh, they go to another bed. Some, according to the manual, the tribbles go to another bed somewhere else. So, because this is in the future, this is in Star Trek. So there's actually a uh, one of those miniature thingamajigs that uh, it's either a replicator or, or like a holodeck uh, of tribbles. So tribbles rematterized, I guess, in this case, or transported to another no transported to another bed sounds better or maybe even not even that like the tribbles take breaks uh you know it's the way that's the way we keep our tribbles fresh and happy the tribbles actually like being a part of a bed when they're sleeping so we have tribbles at different planets at different hours and when you press that button or whatever the tribbles kind of uh the tribbles are constantly cycling in and out at a speed that you're not even aware of you know, by miniature transporter, you know, we're beyond the Star Trek shows you've seen. We've miniaturized transportation, you know, transporting. And we've t- there's much less energy in our energizing. And so, yeah, we can constantly be cycling the tribbles in and out for total tribble and human comfort or whatever being, you know, whatever planet you're from. Have a little more, have a little less. The tribble bed. Sleep yourself in a bed of tribbles. Available today in many forms and you know oh boy is it customizable uh so i guess i went on that tangent early i was gonna say if you're new a little late for this i guess welcome glad you're here this podcast is a little bit different i guess as you've already seen uh, i guess as you've already seen where i have a tendency to go off topic and Never get to the point. But, but so a few things to know if you're new. One, that reaction is common. If it's skepticism, doubt, not sure if you're comfortable, or you're like feeling like, I don't know what this is. So those are really common reactions to the show. And most regular listeners say, hey, give it a few tries. That's definitely the way most of us came to the show. And you could check our reviews. Almost every review says something like that. And they say, okay, well, it took a few tries to realize, one, this is a podcast you don't really listen to. You kind of barely listen. I mean, that was a pretty good example. You say, well, the, if I, the idea of a triple-based bed, I could see how that idea, I can't see how that idea would pop into anyone's head, but I can see that it popped into your head. And it seems like a reasonable idea to you, Scoots. And to you, it probably feels like you're groundbreaking. I totally can see that. And uh, But I know I don't really have to pay too much attention to someone. that I, I'm glad you think that way, and I appreciate it. But I also realize by listening to you uh, that not only do I not need to listen to you, you also constantly give me permission not to listen to you or pay attention. And so I can hold those two things and also be relieved by the fact that if I don't pay attention, I mean, I might miss out on, uh, you know, triple-based buying opportunity, TBBBO, you know, triple-based bed buying opportunity. But since that was imaginary and fictional and a bit different, you know, I, I can I can live with, I'd rather get some sleep than uh, 
miss out on my T-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-
And then about 2% of listeners, well, less than that, but around that, support the show on Patreon and might listen to, like, story-only episodes, or they listen in different ways that are available to the patrons. And then the other 96% of listeners, they listen to the intro in a few different ways, and there's no wrong way to do it. So these are just a few examples. Uh, There's listeners that start the podcast as they're getting ready for bed. There's listeners that start the podcast as they're getting in bed and they're getting comfortable. And then there's the listeners that start the podcast as they're drifting off. And then there's listeners that start the podcast when they wake up. Those are just a few of the more popular ways to listen. And for a lot of those listeners, whenever you start listening, whether it's before you brush your teeth uh, or when you're already in bed and you're getting cozy, the podcast is kind of meant to be like a landing strip uh, to, to let things slowly drift away to slowly ease you into sleep in bedtime. And so an intro that never get that never really gets going or that takes it gives you plenty of time to start to get comfortable and unwind or maybe do part of your other bedtime routine, doodling. I don't know. Does anybody like is there a pastime called noodling? Where you would not with noodles. I mean, I was thinking with pool noodles. You say, well, no, 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 I don't even have it. You see, you got a bedroom full of pool noodles, Bob. And Bob says, oh, yeah, well, boy, this is my hobby. This is my hobby room, too. So, yeah, I got a bedroom full of pool noodles. What's going on in here? Uh, You know, how about Bob? No, no, I'm I'm a noodler. And I say, oh, boy, do I really, Bob, do I really want? And you say, yeah, well, like at bedtime, I find, uh, Pool noodles are soothing, so I like shape them in temporary shapes, or I'll just squeeze them, or I'll pretend you know I'm a trumpeter and trumpet into my pool noodle, or I'll put my ear to my pool noodle and listen, or I'll sing my pool noodle a song. You know, I decorate pool noodles. I like I've gotten into you know re sculpting pool noodles. That's my next thing. So that's what a lies. I'm going to make it, you know, this is going to be a new thing one day. Like sculpted pool noodles. You say, well, that one looks like uh, a little bit like Beaker. And you say, yeah, that's the only character I've been able to figure out is Beaker uh, from the Muppets. No other I haven't been able to do any other. Uh, but yeah, that's one of the characters I do, Beaker. You say, oh boy, that's interesting, Bob. But believe it or not, I was in the middle. Like, so that's another thing you could do while you listen to the intro is work with your noodles. If that was your hobby and there'd be nothing, Bob, that's nothing wrong with that. There's got to be a hobby for everybody. Do you bend them like you're a a strong person at this, like a circus? Oh, of course I do. That's good. Thanks for coming on, Bob. Thanks for having me, Scoots. Also, can I order one of those, uh, Triple base, triple based beds. It were not quite. It was just science is not caught up with my vision yet, Bob. But one day, you know, fingers crossed, Roddenberry's crossed. It will get there. Thanks, Scoots. Uh, so, oh, so the intro, you could fall asleep during it, or you could it could slowly tell you drift away. And I will pause it if you knew that maybe that took your mind off or whatever else. You know, that's kind of my job with these tangents is to lay the groundwork. But the show is also an hour, so you have plenty of time to fall asleep. So you say, well, if the intro is four minutes, I might feel some pressure to fall asleep. Or if the episodes are only 30 minutes, 
I might say, I mean, this is me kind of trying to be in your shoes. Say, oh boy, I got to be asleep in 30 minutes. Now it was sleep with me. Plenty of time. Over 300 episodes ready to go. So those are the kind of things. Of, oh, then there, then there'll be some business. I'm still talking about the structure. Then there's some business. Then we'll talk about Star Trek: The Next Generation. Then there's thank yous at the end of the show. So that's the structure of the show. The reason I make the show is because I believe you deserve a good night's sleep. You deserve a place of respite and solace. You deserve a bedtime that you can look forward to, or at least to feel neutral about and not dread. As if I've been in that position before. So, I mean, yeah, where I'm not looking forward to bedtime because I don't know what's going to happen. And having sleep with me is a part of another, you know, is one part of your routine with noodling or whatever. I hope that I can bring you some nice and something nice at bedtime. I was going to say some niceness. And then I heard my daughter correcting me in my mind. So I said some nice, something nice. Uh, and so then, um, I don't know. So like, so, so the, I mean, that's it. I make the show because I've been there and I know how it feels and I want something more for you. And while this show does not work for everybody, unfortunately, I wish it did. Uh, I hope you give it a few tries and I really hope I can help. Uh, I really appreciate you. Appreciate you coming by and checking the podcast out. And I yearn and I strive to help you fall asleep. So thanks again for coming by. And here's a couple of ways where I believe they bring you this podcast for free. All right. Hey, everybody. Scoots here. And we're talking TNG. Star Trek The Next Generation. Which you'll be sleeping to it. Don't worry. You're not going to miss anything. Or uh, this episode is about summer camp. And you might say, I don't remember. It's an art summer camp uh, for uh, two like talented kids. Uh, Kids with art potential, uh, one of the least uh, remembered episodes of TNG, also goes by other names about bowing, but the, for some reason they spelled bowing wrong, like for, because art camp at the end of the, uh, the, the, like this whole thing is about, they end up making this play. I'll just tell you everything right up front. Uh, some of the kids go to this summer camp on a planet. It technically said a summer camp because in space there aren't seasons, but there are. And the kids get tasked with making a play, which also includes multiple forms of art, uh, which was a good teaching method. I was really surprised at this planet. Uh, called the name of the place called when the bow bows, uh, B O U G H when the bow bows. It's a tale about a bow or a bow, I guess like a tree branch. And you know, there's a lot of messages about the tree branch being part of a larger tree, trying to find its own identity. All that stuff plays out in this episode. So those are some things to remember, but it opens with, uh, me on the wrong page of my notes. And now I'm on the correct page of my notes. Episode, season one, episode 16. It does not start with the captain's log. It starts with Riker in a hallway. Card calls him, says, yeah, get down here. We got work for you. And he runs into this kid named Harry, which is funny because Riker says, what's your hurry, Harry? And Harry is to totes star starstruck. Uh, when he meets, you know, Lieutenant Commander, not Lieutenant Commander, uh, 
Lieutenant Commander Riker? Maybe Commander Riker. Oh, yeah, he's not a lieutenant. He's just a commander. Uh, Harry's dad's Dr. Bernard, an oceanographer, we find out later in the episode. And uh, Harry does not like calculus. He's, he skipped out on calculus class, and his dad is going to get him. Also, his dad has, like, some sort of, I guess, oceanographer equipment on his belt. It's a big square thing. Doesn't look like it'd be comfortable wear around. Uh, but then he takes a bit to Harry back to school. Riker's limping, though, when he heads to the bridge because Harry gave him a little Charlie horsey poo. Tasha's arms are crossed on the bridge. Uh, there's a lot of curiosity. Really, a really nice opening to this episode and a close with a lot of laughter uh, and smiles. Yeah, you see, yeah, I ran into this kid. Picard says, number one, we got a curiosity here. A few hours, got these energy readings. Can't figure out the source. Following a trail of breadcrumbs and lettuce here. What do you think? Picard's excited. I knew this would interest you because, uh, and he says, what's your, what's our position, Jordy? Everybody's excited uh, after he asked Jordy where they're at. And Jordy doesn't say, where are you at? I got two turntables and a microphone. He says, where we're at, uh, I don't know, Kappa Epsilon system or something. Let's see, what does he say, Jordy? Um, Epsilon Minos, sir, that's right, uh, that's the legendary thing. Much like Wakanda and Atlantis, Aldea. Tasha doesn't know about the mythical, wondrous world of Aldea. Or nine men of Xerxes seven. They don't mention Wakanda, but incredible sophistication. Uh, citizens' needs provided for. They turn themselves over to art and culture. And uh, yeah, the Aldeans have a cloaked planet, much like Wakanda, so no one can bug them uh, or mess with their technology. But Troy sees something. Uh, you notice it once, and then she speaks up. They say, scanners show nothing. Troy says, well, my scanners are seeing something. There's also a lot of music with jingling. Uh, distortion. Oh, Picard walks forward. Oh, so there's music. Troy says there's something out there. Sensing very strong. Thousands of minds. Uh, right here, full stop, Picard says. He walks from the bridge part of the bridge to the front of the bridge or whatever, you know, fore or aft or something. Hold this position, I sir. And then we see some shimmering in space. Uh, anything? Not yet, uh, Data says. Uh, uh, Worf says, yeah, I got something. One nine, Mark 190. Uh, shields and deflectors go up. Uh, Tosh is on that. And then this Jupiter-like planet appears. Uh, they say everybody's smiling and amazed because it's a legend. And uh, they say this is it. But Riker's like, holy cow, this is it. Aldea. Uh, he's like totally stunned. Uh, and it has to be. And our episode opens. It's Captain's Log uh, 4, 4.15.09.1. Uh, let's see. Picard says, yeah, we've, we've been led to this planet, Aldea. And uh, we don't know if it was a chance or a, a intent. 
appears out of nowhere, sophisticated shielding device. Uh, Dater says it's electromagnetic, uh, complicated light refraction cloaking device. Correct. Yeah, pretty sophisticated for a whole planet, though. Uh, we're being scanned. Uh, say, let them know we're here. Uh, peace. Open the hailing frequencies, Tasha. Rochelle hops on the screen. She's behind a fuller dome or a geodesic dome. She says, that's right. I'm straight out of Aldea. A, a, a peaceful being named uh, Rochelle. Welcome. Picard coolers his throat twice uh, before he starts talking to her. We come in peace. We know we've been listening to everything you say. First, I thought she was in a fuller dome. Later, we'll see. Uh, uh, something he but Picard goes, I can't believe uh, this. Uh, she goes, yeah, well, we've been hiding for millennia. And Picard goes, why now? And she goes, well, we'd like to meet you in person to discuss that uh, and other subjects of mutual interest uh, anytime. Uh, Picard says, she says, okay. And then next thing you know, two people scan in. One of them is uh, her, uh, Rochelle, Rochella. Uh, they're surprised because they just came in and they said, you didn't go through the normal procedure, Radu. They said, you didn't get any decon, you know. This is what Dr. Crusher says, regular transportation procedures. Lights hurt their eyes. Uh, and they say, the only way is our way to get through our shield. Uh, cloaking's off, but shields are up. Uh, so, by the way, don't mess around. They got a horn of plenty of flowers, a horn of plenty of flowers. They don't like the. They say, get number one, getting away team ready. They say, we'll prepare for your arrival, Commander Riker. He says, how do you know? And they say, we know everything. But like I said, we've been listening. Uh, but we got to go because this, your lights are too high. I don't know what this. Uh, we, we prefer our planet much dimmer. So they head out. Riker crosses arms. Picard says, this is amazing. Holy contact. A dream world of mythology right in front of us. Now Riker says, now we know who traced the place to breadcrumbs. Any idea what folktale that's from? Counselor Troy, what do you think? She says, well, they want something. Uh, No doubt about it. Something we don't want to give up. Uh, Something we value greatly. Yeah, so it's a mystery for the episode. They say, we're ready for you, Riker. So Riker heads out. Uh, they said with uh, they just randomly pick Dr. Crusher and, well, it's, uh, oh, uh, Counselor Troy. They meet Duana, Radu, and Rochelle. Rochella? Uh, and then Data, and Wesley's asking Data for some uh exposition he says yeah that's how the shields work uh like a romulan cloaking device must take a lot of power or something then they get scanned by spotlight the whole ship wesley gets the bulk of the scanning methodical probed in a methodical pattern is being mirrored on all decks uh ricard goes everywhere the entire ship i loved how he said that west kind is under a spell all every deck with children was scanned because they don't know it was a beacon to art camp. Uh, Picard and the team just didn't know that at this point because it's too early in the episode. 
They say, Wesley, you're all right. He goes, I have a faint sense of bunk beds and macrame. And he goes, I don't know what macrame is. He goes, do you know what it is when you dip it in glue and then you put it on a balloon? And then Picard goes, that's paper mache, Wesley, not macrame. You don't get it twisted. Then we're back with Radu. Picard's got a, actually, this is worth it. I didn't notice this the other times I watched about nine minutes and 11 seconds. Picard's got a, uh, an appetizer fork in his hand and he's just holding it, spinning it around. He's munching on something. And they talk about their simple living, even Steven, it is how the summer, they say, we got to summer camp, uh, we got no kids to come to it right now, so we're recruiting. And we call it even Steven summer camp. You kids make the art. They don't get to pay to come to the camp. We sell the art to pay for the costs of the kids coming to the camp. Uh, it's a total thing. And uh, then the, the kind of the, the hang-up is uh, that they say, well, that's not how it works in the Federation. We don't have money anymore that, I, that Scooter knows about. So how could you sell art uh, when you can't put a price on it? Uh, particularly children's art. The children's parents should get it. And Radu says, that's not how it works here, man. I told you we're an advanced planet, and we're mostly interested in advancing art uh, and culture. But the way we fund it is by selling the art uh, to to the highest bidder. Sorry if you know we can't just give it to the parents. It just uh, that's our model here. And Riker says the parents aren't going to like that. They would like their kids' art from the camp. Uh, at least they would like the option. And he goes, it's probably more the option that you know we can't they can't get it than the fact that they. Like if they would, if they would have the option, they'd probably put it in a closet somewhere and forget about it or not take it. Uh, but the fact that they can uh, do that, uh, you know, that's not, no one's going to go for that. Even Picard won't go for it. Uh, none of us will. And even Dr. Crusher says, no, that's not okay with us. Uh, parents have first option. We'd rather pay for the summer camp. And Radu says, again, that's not how it works. I'll tell you what I'll do, Radu says. I'll give you the technology in exchange for it. Like, uh, we're going to do a play when the bow bows. Everybody's going to be happy. Riker goes, they sympathize with this. Uh, he goes, will the parents be able to come to the play? And Radu says, if they pay to come to the play, you know, we charge for tickets. And he said, Riker says, no, that's not, and then we can't go for that either. Can we live stream for for free on the Enterprise? No, Radu says, not possible. And they go, Radu says, that's your final answer. Sorry you're being so intransigent. Uh, great word. And they just send uh, everybody back to the ship. Uh, but then what they don't know, the adults don't know, is they give the kids, the, they say, kids, would you want to come to an art camp for free? Your parents don't got to pay anything. You get to put on a play uh, where, uh, you know, like uh, like he goes, then the kids go, like a bunch of kids do say, okay, we'll go to that camp. Wesley is one of them. Uh, so Wesley goes there. Uh, a bunch of other kids go there. One of them is Harry, 
And another one, this is at 1140, 1139. Yeah, there's a girl that goes. Her name's Alexandra. She's playing with like a dome and a fuzzy uh, toy uh, that she like must smell good because she's, I think she smells it. Let me watch again. I'm watching Wesley goes down. Then some kids, because especially the kids at school, like Ari, they say, would you rather go to school and learn calculus or go to art camp and put on a play? And you don't have to perform in the play. We have many roles, uh, like, you know, to, to help all artistic expression-based roles. Also, again, there's no tuition for this camp because your art pays for the tuition and the entire cost of running the camp. Uh, it's really a utopian type situation, except your parents want to have first right of first refusal. So you do have to go without your parents' permission. So, of course, the kids in school, they say, oh, yeah, let's do it. Harry's one of them. And a couple other kids. Then some kid in blue and red with a sash. And then this girl who smells her stuffed animal kisses it. And then she's gone, Alexandra. And there's also a girl playing some sort of uh, loot. Worf says the kids all went. Six kids, uh, oh, more than six kids went down there. So this is one of the few times I couldn't, I had trouble rooting for the Enterprise. I mean, with the real episode, I rooted for the Enterprise. But they say all the kids went down there without permission to go to art camp where we don't get right first refusal of the art the children make because it goes to making it work. Uh, ridiculous uh let's see they go to an ad status uh what's the status uh or the frequency kenneth Picard says uh gather the parents we got to talk about this uh radu says a summer camp has started with captain Picard. kids are already working hard you got my word of honor and they go, but you t- the kids, you don't have permission slips. Uh, and they go, well, the kids opted in. It was an opt-in. Uh, and Picard goes, what kind of camp doesn't give the parents the art? Uh, still, we can't get our heads around that. And they say, well, what about like uh, some other form of compensation other than the art? Uh, like a picture, they don't say this. Uh, but Picard is really be-eat-bent. Uh, he can't believe it. He's really uh, raising his voice uh, hot under the collar. Uh, he says, yeah, let's do so. We'll figure out some other com- compensation when you've calmed down. Hangs up the phone on them. If you like kids' outfits, around 13 minutes, uh, the kids are at camp. They're already dressed, I think, in characters because I can't. The kids are in very colorful garb. Uh, sleeve. Most of them, I didn't realize this, but most, other than Wesley, none of the kids have sleeves. Uh, so it must be warmer on the bridge or cooler on the bridge. Uh, I've heard that term, you know, it's cooler on the bridge, of course, in Star Trek. Uh, but none of the other kids have, uh, sleeves. It turns out Wesley is going to be the director of the play. So the kids are like, Wesley, I don't know. And Wesley goes, well, I've never directed a play before. Uh, so don't worry, you all get a task or a role you're comfortable with, uh, I promise. Uh, then Radu rolls in with uh, um, the other uh, like people whose names I already forgot. They say the custodian said you were going to be the director. Wesley goes, the custodian? Who's that? And they go, not a person. Uh, 
Oh, Rochelle says, yeah, this is going to be great camp. Uh, I'm, we're your counselors. We have more counselors coming. We can't wait. Uh, the kids say, we can't wait either. I can't wait to make my parents a mug. And they say, oh, well, you won't make your parents a mug. You're going to make a play, you know, stuff for people. And they say, okay. Uh, and then the one girl, Alexandra, she, that was the fuzzy thing. She shakes, uh, uh, Rochelle's hand who made Rochelle laughs with joy. She says, this kid, kid is, uh, charming. Then we go to a meeting with the parents and the parents are back just like we thought. They said, they're going to make a profit off of our kid's art, uh, in exchange for, for no, uh, tuition. This is ridiculous. What kind of what kind of humanist system is this? Uh, compensation. They say, well, I don't care. Like, uh, if anybody's going to use my kid's art, it's going to be me. Every parent says, shares that same viewpoint, but they say, what, what kind of? And they say, yeah, we realize uh, they see it as a, their own system. Troy tries to explain it, like, in a neutral way. She goes, well, it pays for the tuition. You know, they don't have kids of their own. They're just, you know, they're like people running an art camp. They're not parents. Uh, so they don't realize that parents, you know, feel like they have a right to the kids' art, uh, whether they're going to enjoy it or not. And by the way, you can't even go to watch the play. Uh, but but Kurt goes, don't worry, we're going to sort this out. I can assure you of that. Uh, uh, and they say, okay. Yeah, like, can, can we call them, FaceTime them at camp to tell them to make secret art for us or something? They go, no. Harry's dad goes, I can't believe I told my kid to just study calculus, and now he's at art camp. What if he likes art camp better than me? Very typical response, you know, understandable. Uh, then we see Alexandra and Rochelle playing hide-and-seek. All, all the kids start to meet their counselors, which is, you know, very part— Big part of a summer camp type movie. And, you know, you see different style uh, counselors. There's the counselors that are a couple. Uh, they end up with a Harry. They run the props department. They say, Harry, you're going to help us sculpt some props. Uh, you're going to be in the, the prop unit. Harry's not so sure about that because he says, well, they, he, they go, you're, you're the only kid in the prop unit right now because we couldn't get more kids. Because of the intransigence of your uh, your ship. And they go, Harry, you're going to be a great prop maker. We really can see it. He goes, but I'm not a prop maker. And they go, you'll learn. Don't worry. We'll, we'll be patient with you and kind. Uh, come with us. This is summer camp. It's supposed to be fun. Harry's doubtful at first. Uh, but, you know, they go to Unit B375. Uh, then Katie meets like an Abe Vigoda, very, very Abe Vigodian character who is very polite. He says, I'm honored to meet you, Katie. He's Melian or something. He says, speaks some language of music. And he says, we're going to be in the orchestra. Uh, you know, you'll see Wesley soon. He's the director. And, uh, and they say, Wesley goes, I've never directed a play before. I don't even know if it's a musical or what. Uh, and Reduce says, sometimes you got to roll with it, Wesley. Just accept it. You and the other kids, uh, Wesley goes, our parents can't come to the play for free. 
He goes, no, that's just for our paying guests only. Because you're, technically your parents could pay as guests, but they kind of ref- they think they deserve to stream it or go for free. And Wesley goes, I'm not sure I have the wherewithal to direct a play. And uh, Radu says, well, you'll figure it out. I believe you could figure it out. Wesley's arms are crossed, though. Then Alexandra and uh, uh, Rochelle are playing, and they go, Rochelle, she's she's not, there's no hide-and-seeking in this play, Rochelle. Rochelle says, nope, yeah, there is. Me and Alexandra are going to play hide-and-seek and and with her toy only. And she goes, I refuse. She goes, that's her summer camp. Uh, Then we go back to the ship. They find something interesting, some random fluctuations. Oh, also, Alexandra rubs the fuzzy thing on her face for comfort, uh, more music, uh, and they say, geez, we got to figure out a way to get down there, uh, shut down the shield, uh, Data says, well, I might be able to figure out their, break their codes, so Picard says, Data, you do that, Riker, you and, uh, Jordy try to find some way to get through one of the holes in the shield, and, and, uh, we gotta. We can't have this. Uh, he goes. This is embarrassing for the kids. And Picard goes. But this even Stevens thing. We'll. Fi- I'll figure that out. Uh, he goes. Was there a show called Even Stevens? Because uh, he goes. They think they're showing us a bone. But I'm gonna drag out the negotiations. But I have to make it believable. Because they're trying to rationalize uh, the kid. You know the whole thing. But I'll keep them talking. Uh, then we go to a commercial break with, on a look between Picard and Riker. Then at 1946, Wesley meets the custodian, which runs all of the tech and AV for the play and the whole art camp. Uh, Wesley gets level three clearance. Reminded me of the book, The Postman. I didn't never saw the movie, but uh, there's that fake supercomputer. Oh, sorry. <laughs> There's a supercomputer in there, Cyclops, Cyclops maybe or something. But Wesley asks, how, how, Wesley asks, how does this thing work? No one knows. He's like, well, how do you do tech support on a computer that does tech support? And uh, Duana says, I don't know anything about tech support, Wesley, at all. It's supposed to work all the time. And Wesley giggles. He says, that's not how technology works. you got to know how to fix it. And she goes, well, hundreds of centuries ago, this started working. It's been fine since then. Wesley goes, well, what about backup power or backup spotlights or whatever for the play? If I'm going to direct it, I need confidence in the equipment. And she goes, Wesley, you're being silly. Uh, you got to just trust the equipment's going to work. Uh, and Wesley goes, no, 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 no. I know equipment. is Sometimes it needs maintenance. Uh, she goes, you have impressive questions, Wesley. Why don't you ask the custodian? But then he asks to, to check in on uh, the other kids, and he sees Harry happily actually sculpting and getting encouragement uh, his first uh, uh, part of the play with this kind of laser whittler. He's like whittling with a razor. He's having fun. He's learning. And they see he's going to make it. He goes, he, he was learning calculus. This is too much of a tangible skill. And they go, well, he's already, that's what summer camp learning's about. Uh, he goes, it'll take too long for him to learn. How am I going to get my props for my play? 
And they say, don't what trust us, trust our camp, Wesley. You're, you're trying to control it. And he checks on Alexandra. She's not working on the play. She's playing a video game and having screen time with, uh, 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 like, uh, uh, Rochelle or whatever. Then they say, Wesley, you got to start working on the play. Then he asks, what's behind that fancy door? Is that where the backups and the power for the custodian is? Uh, and she says, I don't know. And we go back to the Enterprise in orbit. Uh, uh, they go, we're not able to kind of talk. We got to figure out the shield so we can uh, go watch this play. Worst case, we'll have to go watch the play. Then they say, Reduce calling. And Picard says, you know, I'm ready to come down and meet with you. Like we said, uh, Dr. Crusher's going to come with me. You know, she's also uh, my advisor because Radu says, why would you need somebody? He goes, I can't come by myself. Uh, regulation 6.57. And he goes, oh, okay, well, it's a, he goes, yeah, it's got to have, I got to have somebody else to watch, like see the progress of this play we're not able to see. And they say, okay. And then Data says, well, I don't know about 6.57. And Picard goes, neither am I. And he goes, oh, okay. Well, oh, okay, I see, sir. Data gets a kick out of it. Riker gets a kick out of Data getting a kick out of it. Uh, right, then Data gets another kick out of it. Then Picard and Crusher go down. And they say, we'd like to see the progress for the play and the art they've worked on. Radu says, no. Uh, we're here to work on, it's not how we work here. They also have cafeteria trays on their tables. Picard, Picard goes, uh, they go, well, we'll give you something other than the kids' art. Uh, what about art supplies or, or you know, t- teaching-based uh, art modules for art class? Like, what could we offer you? Uh, and uh, 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 Dr. Kirscher says, how can you be sure our kids' art will be purchased? Uh, and they say, don't worry about it. We, we're confident. You, you, maybe you never heard of the Internet, but uh, we've got access to this Internet. Uh, and uh, Picard, they're saying, no, 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 we can't allow, like, again, they say, we want we want to see the play for free and have all the art uh, Radu says, and not pay any tuition? Uh, what about future tuition for non-enterprised uh, kids? And Picard says, no, no. Plus, we want to talk to Wesley about Wesley having to direct this play. Radu says, man, you guys are stubborn. Uh, probably a positive trait in some sense. Uh, and uh, so he goes, okay, you could see him fine. So Dr. Crusher goes and sees Wesley. She says, how's the pressure? She actually gives him a thing of, uh, you think it's candy, like a, like a, what do you call those things? Uh, well, it's like very tricky though. She gives him, what are those called? Like a welcoming kit or home, home sweet kit or whatever. Oh, good pack. Not a, what is it called? A something package, care package. But she sneaks it to him and, and gives him one for each of the kids. Uh, so that they'll like, like the because there's still the parents really the subtextual thing is the parents are worried that the kids are going to like summer camp better than school and their parents, uh, typical fear. 
So she goes back. She goes, you have a snuck in that care package for all the kids. Reminds them of their favorite things on the Enterprise. And they say, okay, we'll think about whatever uh, you said, Radu. Radu says, we'll make a choice. Uh, it's either full tuition or, um, or like, you can pay full tuition and full tuition for the next class here and our overhead of our camp, or let us sell the art and not come to the play. And he buy, he says, and, and I'm, I'm like, uh, putting on, I'm blocking you on all channels for the next three days while you think about it. That's what Radu says. Blocking your calls, your texts, and your emails, and your social media. No, D, you stay out of our DMs, Radu says, for, for three days. No one on the Enterprise can believe it. And he goes, you know, I like if I need to, I'll block you till your till till this plays over, and your your kids, kids, kids are doing plays at this summer camp. Uh, also, there was a math problem. If you if you're looking to do math, uh, twenty seven fourteen, Radu kind of sets forth a math, or somebody sets forth a math problem. But then there's an ad. Then we go to music lessons with Abe Vigoda and um, young his young student. And he kind of shows her how they do an entire orchestra with two people with a machine like that game Simon, the memory game. And he goes, you just imagine the orchestra and it plays the music through the Simon thing. And at first it doesn't, she drops it. He says, don't worry, it's not, bra- it's, not it's, it's totally hardy. It won't break. And he goes, yeah, you got to think about let it reflect music within you. Structure your feelings into music for the orchestra for the play, and then she closes her eyes and she does it. Uh, and uh, uh, whoever this person is, Abe Vigoda listens, uh, and uh, they kind of listen to the music. And it doesn't sound like the most upbeat part of the play. And but this girl's a serious young young music musician, and uh, he says it's beautiful. Uh, but uh, he goes, it wasn't upbeat. Maybe we need some a happy play. She looks at him like, "What WT? You know, the, why does it have to be a happy play?" And he sighs. Uh, she goes, "I'm not going to make music for just happy plays. That's not what an artist does." And I say, "Wow, it was very Epcot-like music." Uh, she was in the zone. He was out of breath. Uh, then he, Harry's laser whittling again some more. Uh, and I said, well, no wonder. This is like 3D printing in reverse. And Harry says, I could be, I could make props my whole life. And they go, it's actually a great career. It's unionized uh, and very creative. And he goes, and I wouldn't have to know math. And he go, they go, well, you wouldn't have to take math classes. Uh, then we go back to the Enterprise. They see it's been three days. We haven't had contact. Now Radu supposed to be turning back on our messages. Uh, and they say, Radu, we accept that uh, we'll have to discuss things. Uh, uh, we're open-minded to it, okay? We'll, we'll think about it. He goes, okay, I'll bring you down when you're ready. And Bacard goes, day to find a way in. At least two of you and Riker should go watch the play. And Data goes, it's impossible. And Picard says, things are only impossible till they're not impossible. Uh, Dr. Crusher has a lowdown. She says, I ha- by the way, I hatched a plan without telling you to give the kids uh, care packages uh, from the Enterprise, from their favorite things. 
I got a feeling that's going to win. If I know Wesley, that'll win him back. I got, you know, I put his favorite treats in there. And she goes, so like hashtag sabotage art camp. Uh, it's like a movie version of TNG and Picard goes, great work. Uh, and we go back down to the two, the counselors that are uh, in a long-term relationship. Uh, they're helping Harry. And they go and see Harry's, like, uh, polishing a dolphin sculpture. And they go, what is that, a fish? He goes, no, a dolphin. I'm polishing my dolphin. I love polishing wood. He says that, or working with wood. But he says, this is a dolphin, uh, swims in the ocean. They go, oh, wow, uh, very expressive for play, very good. Uh, but they keep calling it a fish, uh. That's when Harry says, you know, my dad's an oceanographer. We lived on Zadar 4, and we lived by the ocean there. I think he would love this dolphin. Uh, also, he's chewing gum, but they don't notice that from the Enterprise. Uh, he goes, I don't know if this should be in a play or in my dad's closet at the bottom, you know, behind his old shoes. Uh, then we see Alexandra and... Uh, uh, she's like, I think I want to be in this play. And the woman says, no, 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 we're going to keep having screen time and fun stuff. Uh, then we have a subtle scene. It's like a producer's meeting. So the two producers of the play, Radu and Duana, are asking Wesley about the play. He goes, I don't think this is going to be a happy play. And they go, well, oh, we didn't tell you at this art camp, we only produce happy plays. And they go, Wesley, you'll be go, grow accustomed to uh, making only happy plays. And Wesley says, the essence of art is not uh, just happiness, uh, it's expression. And he goes, no, and then he, so he, as director, he gets up in the middle of the night, gets out of bed, and he goes and tells it, goes to the custodian's room, puts on some music. Uh, he says, yo, custodian, go into quiet mode. Also, the thing says, good night, Wesley, which I thought would be a good, good night, Wesley. Good night, custodian. But Wesley goes to the other kids. He goes, did you get your care packages from my mom? They go, yeah, yeah, yeah. We like, we, uh, this camp stinks. It doesn't even have a canteen. And Wesley goes, we have to make a happy play. And they go, yeah, that's what they told me. And then Harry says, they made me make, he goes, I don't know. I made a dolphin, but I think my dad would like the dolphin instead of it being in the play. And Wesley goes, well, that's a legitimate idea. Uh, and he goes, I think we should just bail out of this art camp, but they're not going to let us until we put on the play. We have to do the play in order to graduate from art camp. And he goes, I have a way to graduate from art camp uh, while still making a happy play that's not happy. And Beverly's working late. She's actually cracked the idea somehow that they only have happy plays, which she says, wait a second. Uh, this isn't an art camp at all. It's a it's a camp that makes art. Uh, the reason art has to be happy is it may be, you know, be able to be more mass produced. They're not just selling the art. You know, they're taking the children's art and making it into mass production. Only the happy art is being sold. I think she like hacked into eBay or something and started bidding on it. And realize that. So it's not that the kids' art is being made and sold to the highest bidder, really. It's the most happy designs are being sold and made, you know. So 
It's all exposed. I guess the Enterprise was right and I was wrong. Uh, also at 3439, which we just passed, uh, or I just passed, uh, we get a better shot of Alexandra petting her thing. And also we see it has a tail. Uh, and Wesley says, we're going to do a play about soft power. Uh, it's a silent play. And Harry goes, I like working with the wood, but I also want to give my dad a dolphin. So I don't know if it, I, I like using that laser thing. Wesley goes, well, you have to do a silent play. He goes, they've actually never, like, uh, we'll, sh- we'll say it's a happy play. If it's silent, then if they're not projecting happiness onto us as silent performers, they're the ones that are making, we ha- it's a technicality. Wesley says, we'll graduate no matter what. Because uh, if we're silent, then, and they're not interpreting our silence as happy, even though we don't have to pretend we're happy, we could just put it on them and say, we graduate anyway. Uh, Like you say, oh, wasn't that a happy play at the end? We'll say it as a question. Did you find that play a happy play? And then if they answer no, we'll say, well, it was a silent play. What were you projecting onto us that you didn't see happiness? All the kids say, Wesley, I don't know if I quite understand it, but I know how to be quiet, so we'll roll with it. We go back. We see Riker and Data getting ready. Uh, they say, okay. Then Radu says, uh, Riker calls Radu and says, uh, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll figure something out. We'll buy, we'll buy, we'll buy the tickets or whatever to play. Uh, let me come down and just talk to you about a group rate in the art. Then we see them doing a rehearsal, Wesley and the kids. Uh, and one of the adults comes and says, uh, do you want some snacks? And they go, are those like the snacks on the Enterprise? She goes, no. And they go, no, we have to practice our sound play. We don't need any of your snacks. Uh, we only Enterprise-based snacks. Uh, and the kids, are they, they, they're like, wait a second. The... Uh, and she goes, can I watch the rehearsal? And there's no talking. So she goes, I don't understand this rehearsal. Uh, it doesn't make any sense. Uh, then we see Riker and Data get ready to go. They're going to sneak in and watch the play. And Picard and Crusher are ready to go to buy the tickets. You know, they're like, fine, we'll play, pay for tuition and tickets. Uh, and uh, then they go down. They send Data and Riker down to sneak into the play. Somebody rubs their face, uh, uh, beam down. It must have been, I don't know who it was. We see the kids being quiet. Uh, oh, wait, they scram. Oh, no, yeah, then, okay, Wesley's so kind. Riker and Data are down there, and they scramble the custodian. They say they won't even be able to use their voice controls, uh, he goes, if I scramble this, uh, none of the effects for the play that the adults would want to use, not even the spotlights will work, and their ticket machines won't work. So they won't be able to sell tickets for the play at all. They won't even be able to sell tickets to Picard and uh, Dr. Crusher. And then Radu says, Radu says uh, the kids are planning on putting on a silent play. That doesn't sound very happy to me. And Picard goes, uh, well, I don't know. If it's silent, how do you know if it's going to be happy or sad? Wouldn't you be deciding that? Uh, he goes, can you talk to the kids about doing something other than a silent play? 
And Picard goes and reassures the kids, hey, kids, uh, heard about this play. We're trying to get tickets. Uh, and Wesley goes, I looked at their computer. It's a little different. Uh, they don't even do any uh, maintenance. Uh, Harry says, can you tell my dad I got a dolphin for him made of wood? Sorry, I didn't do my math, uh, but I miss him. Picard goes, don't worry. You do this silent play and we'll watch the play. And we're gonna. I have a camera. I'm gonna stream it on the ship for free. Uh, Alexandra wants a hug from Picard. He of course delays it because uh, you know season one he doesn't really like kids very much. Uh, but he holds her. Uh, then uh, the kids come with Picard, and he says, "Time to do the play with the silent kids." Uh, and Radu says, "Right now, this isn't the play." Uh, and he goes, Riker, did you shut down their ticket taping machine and their eBay site? Uh, and they go, yeah. And then Beverly goes, this isn't even a sensible business plan. You know, your copies of the kids' art have been copied uh, in other planets. Uh, and it's being sold, you know, that because you didn't actually have proper copyright. Uh, and he goes, no, it's not possible. You're you're messing with us. And she goes, listen, you don't have a sustainable business plan. Let us help you with the business plan. We'll make you into a, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll find a new structure. And then you'll be actually able to have a summer camp uh, without any of this convoluted stuff. Uh, and maybe by charging tuition, the parents, maybe you could offer a way you could, uh, forego tuition by offering the parents to pay for the art, but they would know if they want to buy the art, it costs as much as tuition. And Rochelle says, wait a second, I love that idea. So parents could pay tuition, but what they're really doing is buying their children's art, or they could not pay tuition or pay a discounted tuition. And we would actually sell the actual art pieces uh, to either their family member or the greater public. Uh, and they go, yeah, but it can't just be happy art. Not every kid is happy all the time. Not realistic. That's when Riker and Data say they won't be able to sell tickets again or eBay. We've taken over their accounts. Uh, uh, Harry goes, to his, he says, thanks for teaching me how to make uh, uh, make props. Uh, you keep the dolphin. I'm going to make another one for my dad on the ship. Uh, and they got they they said great job man, uh, and they say are you ready to go everybody, and they say silent play over. They say silent play over. They beam back up to the ship, and everybody said wait a second, uh, that was the shortest. Radu says that was one shortest play. I don't even, I don't know if I feel happy. I think I now understand it. Uh, he goes, well, what about our our accounts and our ticket machine? And Picard goes, don't worry, we're going to redo that. You actually have to do some maintenance on your computer first, though. And they go into their computer mainframe room because it's old, vacuum-based, even though it works really good. And Data says, see, you needed a bunch of vacuum tubes replaced. Uh, He goes, that's why you were limiting your thinking. He goes, if we could get all these nodes back up, uh, you wouldn't need to mass market only happy art. So you could teach the kids to make any art they want. Uh, 
and implement the Dr. Crusher business plan. You know, now you'll have to use this power we've given you uh, in service of all uh, the spectrum of feelings within expression. And they say, okay, I think we understand. Then we have, like, Dakota, uh, Harry's talking to his dad about arts, and his dad says, even at art, Harry, you have to understand math. Uh, but I'm here to encourage you all the way for both. Uh, I love you. And he says, I love you too, Dad. Uh, then they say, they were back on the bridge. They say, yep, we got everything rebooted. Uh, their accounts are ready. Uh, they're ready. Crusher comes in. She goes, I got their business plan implemented and imp- they understand it. Uh, and they go, well, that legend will be gone. No more Wakanda, but, uh, be a good summer camp. Uh, uh then Wesley comes on the bridge with Alexandra, who's holding a flower. Ricard doesn't want kids on the bridge, but he says, she's got a present for you because, you know, you, uh, you know, you save the day. She gives him a branch and she hugs him. But everybody starts laughing uh, hysterically. And at first they didn't know why. Picard looks at the flower and is holding it. Everybody's laughing at him. And he turns around. I don't know if Tosh is laughing in the background. Uh, Picard goes, let's get moving. Make it so. And then we turn around and he sees that uh, Alexandra's fuzzballs is stuck on his back. Uh, and everybody's still cracking up, even Jordy. And the episode comes to a close. Uh, Good night.